Welcome to Bootstrappers, a program designed to bring you up-to-the-minute ideas and concepts to understand what it takes to succeed in business and life. Each week, we'll bring you guests and ideas you can't find anywhere else. Bootstrappers is a production of Anaquim LLC. Now strap on those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Bootstrappers. I'm Gwen Aspen, president of Anaquim, here with my spouse. Me. Jeremy Aspen, who is president of Wistar Group Property Management Company here in Omaha, Nebraska. And if you're new to Bootstrappers, we talk to successful entrepreneurs about what they have learned through the trials and tribulations of starting a company, and we apply it to our industry of investment property management. Uh, and if you're not in property management, many of these concepts and tips that we are, are sharing here apply to really anybody uh, starting a business, working at a business, or if you're an aspiring entrepreneur. So in today's show, we're going to talk to Ryan Horn, who is the founder and CEO of Bullhorn Communications. Hey guys. Yeah, Hi. Uh, Ryan has done advertising, strategy, and communications for national political candidates. And he also has done corporate advertising for companies like Nebraska Furniture Mart and Walmart. Uh, he's the winner of the 2013 Campaign Manager of the Year Award by the American Association of Political I remember that. Consultants. And I can attest to the fact that Ryan's very good at what he does because he was my political consultant when I ran for state legislature in 2014. So we're not going to talk about politics today. No. <laughs> so that not doing it. Nothing. Nothing actual political. We're nothing just gonna, actual political. Right. Okay. Got it. <laughs> the the whole purpose of today is to talk about marketing and how we can apply yeah. what you've learned through advertising with the big dogs on high pressure campaigns, mm -hmm. and how we could apply it to our small businesses. But first, we should just get to know you a little bit better. So sure. tell us more about what you even, I mean, it is kind of interesting, no, you don't go to the bar and meet political consultants every day. So what is it? That's probably a good thing. What is it that uh, you yeah. do? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm happy just knowing one. <laughs> just one. That's yeah. it. I think I'm maxed I mean, out. I, I think <laughs> our public perception is is kind of there with like dentists and trial lawyers, like it's in politicians themselves. Not Although a step not, above politicians. I suppose so. Yeah. I suppose so. Except little do they know that you're the one that's actually lying for them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the best introduction I've ever had. Thank you. That's great. That's great. Uh, no, I spent I spent you know over most of my career in in commercial uh, communications and advertising. Um, most of that with Walmart, but then also with you know in in advertising agencies as well. Um, and uh, eventually, I just got to the point where. Um, you know, I cared a lot about my work and what it, what it meant, and slinging tacos and furniture uh, just didn't feel like you know. <laughs> the next new lazy boy wasn't doing it for you. No, no I did a lot of that stuff, um, and I enjoyed it, and they're good people and everything. But I just felt like um, I, I wanted to take my career in a different direction, and so I I kind of pivoted and and went into. Um, advertising for causes that, that I agreed with, and that took me into politics and cultural advertising and, and promotions and things like that. But but I am a small business owner myself, 
Um, and so I have a, I have a passion for it. I look at a lot of the mistakes that I think small business owners who aren't um, uh, don't don't have a lot of experience in marketing advertising make, and I think they waste a lot of money and they don't present themselves to their customers in the way that they ideally could. So, um, mm-hmm. right. So they they waste a lot of money, or they don't spend any money at all doing it. You've got to see that out there. I, I, think I see that's that a, a bigger problem. The, it, yeah, that's what I see an awful lot because I I've always yeah. been guilty of that same thing. I don't know how to engage, especially now Facebook and whatnot. It's yeah. just a different animal. And, and I would just like to say the reason that is, is because small businesses have to watch every penny. Every penny. And when you have a marketing campaign, I, I remember you telling me this, you know, 80 or 20% of it's going to work. You just don't know which 20%. And that's impo- yeah. <laughs> that makes you want to throw up if you're a small business owner, because you're like, I'm wasting yes. 80% of this money. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think so. You, there's a couple things there, and one is it's don't make mistakes at the at the very beginning. And I think a lot of businesses make the mistake of, okay, I've got to find more customers, so I need an advertising campaign. And it's sort of like saying, well, I want to play football, so I'm going to go f- get Tom Brady. Um, maybe you don't need Tom Brady. Uh, you certainly can't afford Tom Brady, right? So before that, let's let's talk about okay, let's learn the rules of football. And okay. then we'll decide whether we want to have a running game or a passing game or whether we need a better offensive line. And I think the way that that comes to, to, to translate into the business world, it's, okay, who are my potential customers? Right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we're about building a sales funnel that's going to get people from people who need our services but don't know it mm-hmm. uh, all the way down to turning them into customers. Right. So that starts with building a marketing plan that starts with who are the my customers? What do they look like? Where do they spend their money now? Where do they live? All of these types of questions. And then from that point, we can decide, we can start to think about how am I going to reach them and how am I going to get them familiar with my brand and then how am I going to close a sale? Is it a little bit different um, uh, going from, of course, a national audience to a local audience because you start losing it's well one the scalability yes. but also just the that statistics can't be as accurate. Well, yeah, and is it is it let's go back to politics for a second. So it 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 can lead to dramatically different marketing techniques. So let's say you own a taco truck, right? Mm-hmm. How many sales do you need to make in a week in order to be successful, right? So how many people need to know about your brand, know where you are and know how to buy the product, right? versus I'm running for the United States Congress. Okay, when you're running for the United States Congress, 95% of the people in your area and, and people who are voters need to know who you are. They need to know where to find you on the ballot. They need to know what day you know to go out and vote. Okay, it's a huge universe of people. If you're that food truck, it's a fairly small universe of people who are interested in maybe they're foodies. Uh, they live in your in the area where the truck is going to be, right? Very small universe of people. So you need to have a marketing plan that finds and targets that small universe and brings them to your brand versus a political campaign or a national campaign for Walmart where you need to reach a lot of people very efficiently. Totally different kind of marketing campaign. Okay. So yeah. That's a big thing, but I think people even struggle. You're talking about knowing the client, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of small businesses don't even know who they are. They're like, uh, I yeah. mean, you, I've never had a branding document in my life uh, until recently, mm-hmm. and then I hired this new marketing person. They're like, first, you need a branding document. 
And that was an interesting exercise. Do you, when right. you meet with smaller businesses, do you help them figure out who the heck they are too? Is a one of the first steps. Yeah, and this is one of my favorite stories about don't make a mistake of going out and hiring a big. Uh, advertising agency right off the bat, right? You don't need to. Agencies are tend to be in love with their own process, right? So if you go to them and they say, I need to name my company and define who we are, they're going to get three copywriters and two graphic designers and a creative director in a room to brainstorm and uh, come up with different derivations of Latin words that might be the name of your company, and they're each going to charge you 100 bucks an hour, and you're going to run through a ton of money. Uh, and you don't need to. So and you just get drunk with your friends at the bar and try to come up with a good company name? Is that what I'm you're not going to recommend that strategy, but worse things have happened than that. Um, no, and I, I think if you look at look at people in the political advertising space, I think one one thing you can lesson we can take away from that is that we work in an environment where money is constricted and voting day is voting day. Sink or float, you're going to vote. You, you can't put off deadlines. You can't spend hours in a room brainstorming crap. We got to define who you are. Are, figure it out. What your customers like about that? Now, how do we reach them? So, when I'm defining who I am, I'm going to define like what what what. So, I've heard people say, "Tell me what celebrity your business would be." You know, just kind of articulating what celebrity you'd be, and then what attributes does that company have? And you can do that alone, just writing. Down on is that own. trying to engage a creative process more than it yes. is trying? Yes, I think. I, yeah, it, that's a that's a that's a that's a sort of thought provoking process. And I think if you don't understand exactly what your brand is and exactly the problem that you are going to solve for your potential customer, then you need to think about that. So that's step one. Would be well, it's probably a two part thing. Well, it's, learn rules was one. Is the way I wrote it down. Oh, learn learn the rules. That's your like number one, right? Sure. Okay. All right. And then figure out who your customers are. Yes. And then figure out who the heck you are. Yeah. And like, I'll tell you a great story about knowing who your customer is. Right. So, um, it was about 10 years ago or so when I was, uh, when I was, uh, working for Walmart on the inside, um, we were having, um, a brainstorming session about what we call wayfinding, which is a big deal in, in, in store, big retailers, which is basically what did the signs say and how do you find your way around? Okay. Right. And, uh, you know, a young woman copywriter pointed out to us that, you know, about in, a, in that business, about. About 70% of your traffic into that store are women, and the average height of a woman is five foot four, and the average height wow. of the of the shelves in the grocery department is seven foot. Uh, they dropped the height by eight inches, and that uh, by the following year accounted for four hundred million dollars in additional no sales. Way. So it's thinking about that is awesome. So when that I say define stuff. your customer, really, what do they look like? Yeah, where do they That's live? Where do they drive? You know, what do they eat? What are they interested in? And that, and once you define and really have a visualization of who your customer is, you're going to find that that answers a lot of your marketing questions, or at least gets you onto the right path. So once they're defined, then you go on to the question of, okay, well, how do I reach them? So we are here on Bootstrappers with Ryan Horn, who is the founder and president of Bullhorn Communications. And we are talking about marketing for small businesses, even though generally speaking, he does giant campaigns nationally for political candidates. Um, so knowing your, really knowing your target audience. So for in our industry for property managers, we need to know if we're going after new construction, 
uh, old houses, duplexes. Middle um, of town, the outskirts yeah, of town, we, we little really, towns. And what do the owners of those buildings, how are they different? So, you know, a developer uh, may be a different profile than, mm-hmm. you know, like a plumber who's, instead of having a 401k, has has rental properties as their retirement fund. Well, and it's kind of an amorphous uh, demographic, too, because... We're looking for people that own investment properties. So that's a very small sliver of, of society at large anyway. And then so to buy lists, you have to kind of go through property ownership lists, which one out of every 100 of them is actually gonna own it for investment purposes. Yeah. And it's a really small universe. Um, but, and yes. that, that's where it gets a little expensive, like even a radio show, like for us to reach a lot of our clients, we have this radio show that Wistar Group is advertising in. Um, and it just sends out a big broad brush. It's really hard to, it, yes. and I guess that's kind of the question I'm getting to. Are there industries that you really can't pinpoint your client and you kind of have to do broad brush? There's a lot approach? of industries like that. I think a helpful way to think about building a marketing plan is, is to use what we call the sales funnel model, right? Where imagine a giant funnel and at the top of the funnel are all the, all the potential customers. They have no idea who you are. Right. So the first thing you've got to do is get them aware of you. Right. And so a format, an advertising format like this one, like a a broadcast radio or television is a is a good format for that part of the sales funnel. We're going to get you aware of who we are. Then once the once folks are aware of who you are, then we've got to get them down that sales funnel. We've got to reach them directly communicate our brand proposition to them and then eventually get them down to making a sale at the bottom of the funnel. So the sales, but that's a different thing altogether. So when you're doing your marketing, you're really trying to make it so that the people get in contact with the sales department and then your job's kind of done, right? Is that how marketers work? Do you you see those two departments as totally different departments? Uh, it depends on the size of the business. Yeah. Uh, for most small businesses, uh, no, it's same the one. same. It's the same department because the department is one person, and a lot of times it's the business owner, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe one or a marketing director or something like that. But yeah. the small business owner, like for, we don't know, right? Um, and that's a nice. That's a kind of the weird dynamics of a small business. We tr- we have to be a bit. To, we have to be something for everybody, but we can't be. Right. So I wanna. I wanna. Maybe. Maybe we can. Let me, let, let me give you a quick example that I think of thinking creatively about that problem. And let's go back to the food truck example. Okay, so I read a really interesting story about food trucks, how they're getting through this pandemic that we're in. And what they found is a number of food trucks have become very successful by moving away from big events, where typically big revenue drivers, and urban foodie crowds. And what some successful ones found is that if they went out to the suburbs, they could relax their advertising spend and find the lady that runs the next door page for the neighborhood and ask her to post on the next door. And that's it. And that's it. So we're getting away from advertising and just thinking about who are, where are my potential customers and how could I potentially reach them for the lowest possible cost. Do you suffer from cold sweats, pervasive eye rolling, spontaneous cursing, or sleepless nights from managing your rental properties? Have your weekends seem to simply vanish? You may be suffering from rentatitis. Other symptoms of rentatitis include incessant worry about losing your livelihood due to disparate impact or fair housing. If you suffer from these or countless other symptoms related to your rental properties, Wistar Group can help. 
With Star Group's trained professionals, use of cutting edge technology, and knowledge of the industry can make your rental properties a passive investment, not a job. If rentatitis is ruining your life, visit wistargroup.com today and set up a free consultation. With Wistar Group, all your rentatitis symptoms can simply disappear. Okay, welcome back, bootstrappers. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, president of Anaquim, here with my spouse, Jeremy Aspen. Hello. President of Wistar Group Property Management here in Omaha, Nebraska. And today we're joined by Ryan Horn, hey who there. is the founder of Blowhorn, Bullhorn. Blowhorn. <laughs> Blowhard. <laughs> Bullhorn <laughs> Communications. Awesome. Sorry. Yeah, nice intro. Sorry. <laughs> which specializes in political marketing. Uh, however, Ryan's worked in advertising and marketing for much of his career and has worked with many corporations such as Walmart and uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart and also was my campaign, political campaign manager, or you were <laughs> my strategist in my 2014 legislative race. So. So I know you had some questions you well, so to yeah, dive right um, into. You know, being a small business owner, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning of our endeavor to get filthy rich in business, um, <laughs> you know, you, the, the the small businessmen were under the impression that we kind of have to do everything, and that impression is left largely because we don't know how to do everything, and so that includes reaching out and trying to find somebody that can help you, which then of course there's another barrier of cost. So, um, when is the right time, in your experience, when's been the right time for people to reach out and actually engage somebody else? And how much of it's reasonable for a small business to actually take on for themselves? Like, should I understand how AdWords works? Uh, good luck with that. I mean, right? I, th- I think that I think most people, most small business owners, um, you know, getting AdWords certified and what have you, which is the Google advertising platform uh, for for folks listening, um, is you know you, you can do that and you save yourself a little bit of money, but it'd be a pretty significant time investment. So just to mm-hmm. clarify for people, uh, AdWords is like if I type up property management Omaha getting my property management company to come up first? Is that what you even mean by that? That's part of it. AdWords is the advertising platform that you use to oh, okay. for Google. And Google is everything from YouTube all the way down to Google Search and a number of other a number of other things, demand side platform, et cetera. Um, but there again, so you can see how quickly you can get down into the weeds. And if your job, if your job is you're running a property management company or a food truck, you really don't have time to get down into the weeds. So you, you'd really do need a specialist to, that can help you. I think that the, the, the small businesses make two mistakes. They go without getting any help or professional help or advice in advertising or marketing, or they go in the opposite direction and they hire an advertising agency. And then you pay five people $100 an hour to think about you know Latin roots for the name of your new food truck. Right, and that's a total waste of money. Right. So, what would you suggest to? A small I'd suggest business? find another average small advertising business. Some someone who's not running an agency that's in love with their process that loves advertising or marketing instead. So, are you buying more the agency or are you buying more the person? Uh, you're buying the person. Okay, and uh, that's a good you, way to think about it. Do you it. want a designer? Do you want someone who who knows 
uh, AdWords. I don't even know who I would ask. No, I think I think you need to start with an advertising or a marketing professional, right? Um, obviously, we offer those services, but there's a number of other small agencies, and just and and before you go out and and start, the, the thing is, if you go to a designer, these are all specialists. So mm-hmm. if you go, if you ask a hammer what the problem is, he's going to say it's a nail, right? So if you go to a graphic designer, he's going to say, well, you need more graphic design. If you go to a, a digital marketer, they're going to say, well, you got to have a huge Google uh, search uh, advertising campaign. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Depends on the nature of your business. So I would go to a generalist, another small business, um, who is a, who will tell you we work fast, we work efficient, we understand the needs of small businesses. So to find that person, do I just look in my local area and see which small businesses I think are doing a good job at advertising and ask them who they're using? Or that's how do one, I even go about finding these people? That, that's, that's, that's one way to do it. There's a lot of good small advertising industry, uh, businesses. Ours is one of them. I'd like to think people would consider us. But also, uh, you know, you can go to your local chapter of the American Advertising Federation. Mm. You can go to your oh. local chapter of the of the uh, Marketing Federation of America. Um, and and start there. Just call up so, the president on the phone and say, "I'm a small business. I have a constricted budget. I need I need a good you know good specialist." So I'm starting up. Or I'm my, sorry, a good generalist. I'm trying. I'm I've actually been convinced now that advertising and marketing are something I need to do. Mm-hmm. What when we're talking to somebody, what should we reasonably expect a pricing scheme to look like? Is it a percent of uh, of spend? Is it an hourly rate? How do we? How does any small business owner know that the scheme that they're engaging in is the right one? Because like agencies charge by the hour, right? Yeah, they do. They also by the charge job. by they also charge by commission, you know, and, and it commission. and it okay. and it uh, on your advertising campaign. Um, so I'd say you know the best advice there is use a spreadsheet. Learn to use a spreadsheet well. Most small businesses owners do. Yeah. Right. And um, you know if someone if someone is charging you fifteen thousand dollars to build you a simple web page, what's your gut say about that? Right. Too much. Too much. Right. Um, there. So, but but I I would say for most small businesses, um, pay by the hour for good advice to start with. You know, most mm-hmm. most good people in the advertising industry will say, "I'll spend an hour with you for free," <coughs> and we'll just talk mm-hmm. about marketing. You can have a free consultation. You can call me up at Bullhorn Communications, and I'll give you a free consultation for half hour, hour, and we'll just talk about your business. And and come up with some you know general ideas of things for you to consider, and then pricing goes from there. Really, depending on what kinds of things you need to buy. So, like radio would be one certain. Right. So, if you come to me and and say, well, and we decide, okay, well, we need to do a big TV campaign. Uh, I probably won't charge you anything by the hour because we'll be paid on the commission, the sales commission. Gotcha. Right. If you need to build a website and design a Facebook page, and you need some graphic design capability, and you need to build a logo, a lot of that stuff is going to be built. That creative stuff will be built, you know, hourly or in or in a or in a package. Okay. So let's mm-hmm. say a small business decides to do this. They hire someone out. They get get all this done. How do they know if it's working? Like, what kind of metrics would you, if you're just new to this and you just want to mm-hmm. measure a few simple things, what would be the top metrics that you would? Ask well, let's them take to do? let's let's start with an let's do kind of an example. Okay, so let's say that you your goal is to um, uh, you're going to launch a website, and then you've got a Google. You've got a Google uh, search campaign. Maybe you've got a, a Facebook banner campaign. And the idea is to push people to your website so they can see what you're about and contact you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can, you can track 
um, using um, Google Analytics, mm -hmm. you can track where people are coming to your web page from, as well as how many, how many pages they go through, what they visit, right? And you can set up all of those metrics. And a good a good advertising um, consultant will will help you do that. So we are here on Bootstrappers with Ryan Horn, who is the president of Bullhorn Communications, which specializes in political marketing. However, Ryan does advertising marketing for all kinds of businesses. Um, so we're just talking about how mm -hmm. to use metrics right now to, and, right. to and, see if your marketing campaign is working. Uh, yeah. So like tracking leads, right? I mean, uh, so, cause the big one nowadays is everybody's talking about Google Analytics. But there has to be more to it. Like, is there a software package that you bring data into, or is Google Analytics its its own stand-in device where you can track leads there? What's the well? There's lots of different platforms besides Google. I mean, Google is a is a very significant hmm. is a very significant player in the digital ad space, certainly. Uh, but so is Facebook and programmatic uh, banner and video, and it, you can advertise a lot of different ways. Uh, Facebook and Google are, are the two biggest players in the digital space. Right right now certainly and, and so when you're you're having to aggregate information from different spots you'll have to go to yeah. facebook sign in google sign in uh yes. a spreadsheet yeah you know and and data aggregation is uh it really is the the multi-billion dollar question in digital advertising in mm -hmm. the digital advertising space right now uh how do i how do i aggregate all this data that i'm getting from the radio station doing terrestrial radio or the tv station with the data that i'm getting from google with the data that i'm getting from facebook it's yeah. all coming in in different pieces and different and with different metrics uh, that's probably a little more than a than a small business who's just starting out with a new ad campaign will be able to handle or really needs to think about um but but yeah, an ability to aggregate data and track metrics is key. And just knowing whether if you're spending marketing dollars, you should maybe track a few metrics just to make sure you're getting your money's worth. You absolutely should. If you're in the digital space, I like to say you need to really focus on measures of engagement, right? Mm -hmm. So we like to say like click-through rates are kind of a vanity metric. Uh, okay. People talk about it a lot. I didn't know that. But it's, it, it doesn't always get you down the sales funnel to completing the sale right so engagement uh, really is is a is those those measures of engagement how many people share your posts on Facebook or people actually taking action with your brand is is what you really should be thinking about oh my god in the digital space that's mm -hmm. so it seems so overwhelming and so exciting at the same time. It's exciting. It doesn't have to be overwhelming, I think, and it doesn't have to be really expensive. Um, but but having a plan and having a little bit of creativity is the, is really the key to, to growth, and marketing is really the key to growth. Well, when we come back, I'd like to talk to you more about uh, how you know if your website is stale, because a lot of people, you know, they started their company, they got a website from some website designer that said they specialize in a property management website. When do you know that you're like the lady in the in the mall with the claw, the 80s hair claw, and your I'll website is that in so three old? When we come back <laughs> okay. from the break. When we come back, we'll tackle that issue. Uh, this is Bootstrappers, a production of Anaquim LLC. Visit our website at anaquim.net to see how Anaquim can help you source incredible labor from Mexico for all your property management needs. From maintenance coordination to customer service, we can help you find your dream team. Check us out at anaquim.net. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Bootstrappers. I'm Gwen Aspen, president of Anaquim, here with my spouse, Jeremy Aspen, president of Wistar Group Property Management here in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Bootstrappers, of course, is a show that helps uh, entrepreneurs figure out how to make their businesses more successful. And we are here today with Ryan Horde, who is the founder and CEO of Bullhorn Communications. Ryan has done advertising, strategy, and communications for national political candidates and has worked with corporate advertising campaigns for Nebraska Furniture Mart and Walmart. He's the winner of the 2013 Campaign Manager of the Year Award by the American Association of Political Consultants. And in this segment, we're talking about how you know if your website or the limited marketing that you may have done previously, maybe you set it up five years ago, how do you know if it's stale or not? And if it's showing that yeah. you're old and not, you know, with the times, I think a lot of small businesses, you know, they five years ago they spent for this website to be built sure. and haven't touched it since. Yeah, and it's showing its age. And how it do still you know? doesn't work with an iPhone, for instance. Yeah, how do you know? Right, right. I, I'll give you a very simple answer to that. If you're wondering if any of your creative content is stale and not relevant to the market any longer. It is stale and not relevant to the market any longer. <laughs> okay, that's okay. a great. Right. It's a very simple test. If you're wondering, the answer is yes. You know. Now, how important is that depends on the nature of your business. So, let's say you're a property manager and your clients being very responsive to them and responsive to the tenants and moving quickly and uh, being contemporary and modern. If that is something that your client, your potential clients, are interested in, well, then your website better be contemporary and modern and look like you respond to clients quickly because that's how if that's a main feature of how people are going to know you it needs to reflect what the way you want to present the business so this goes back to knowing who you are and defining what your values are what you want to be known for uh, and kind of understanding what your message is and what your sales pitch is and making sure that your marketing reflects the sales pitch that you are giving potential clients. Well, and I think it goes even farther back in our conversation, which is, do I have a plan as opposed to do I have some stuff, right? Uh, I, I'm supposed to have a website, so now I have a website. Is that a tool in your marketing campaign that is that is working, or is it just a checkbox? Or is it Got just it. is it just a checkbox? I mean, I, I mean, for it, in 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 some for some businesses and for some political candidates, for instance, uh, a website is a critical tool. It's a way that they're capturing data. It's a way they're attracting customers. It's a way they're they're telling customers who they are and what they're about. For others, it is uh, it's something they just have to have so they can use Google at Google search. Okay, so a it. plan versus stuff. Mm-hmm. Most people start with stuff. Most they're, people start with stuff. They're just like, I need a website and I mm-hmm. need to post something on this Facebook page and I totally don't even get it. And then what the heck is TikTok? I mean, that's where most people are, right? Yes. yes. So so how do you go for, what would you put in a plan for a small business? What, well, like again, a I, newsletter or uh, I don't I'm not a generally a fan of newsletters. When was the last time you read a newsletter? I actually read newsletters. I don't at all. <laughs> I, I totally I, read them. I, I read Tim Ferriss's every Friday is five point Friday or whatever. Do no. you? You know, now there's ways to do <laughs> newsletters. I mean, it, it, 
let's strike the, the idea of a newsletter is just so antiquated, right? Now, an email that tells me is something my, about my, claw, my industry that I didn't know. Is my claw showing? Your bangs, your <laughs> my 80s bangs. bangs. Big, I mean, a little bit. The aquaduct. No, right. I just, I just okay. think it goes back to what, <laughs> if, you're, if you have a digital strategy, um, you know, it, it really any advertising or marketing strategy, you have to be relevant to the lives of your customers. So if you have, if your customers are a group of people that like to sit around at Friday and read, you know, seven paragraph long newsletters, do a newsletter. I doubt that applies <laughs> to very many businesses, however, uh, right? So, you know, take my business personally. Every every couple of weeks, we'll do we'll do some type of thought leadership or industry leadership thing where we try to highlight something that's interesting that is relevant to our customers that they might not know, and we'll you know we'll put right up front three minute read. Okay, or so like you're, you're sending show. them an email. Yes. Oh, yeah. An email. So you're talking about an email blast. Email marketing, I think, is a really for most. Well, that's small what businesses. I thought we were talking about with a newsletter. It's an email blast. I wasn't thinking like I'm sending in the mail. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, no, that'd be worse. <laughs> no, but, no, no, that, I'm not that '80s guys. No, but like but, the, the every two week <laughs> newsletter. I think people see newsletter and they just their eyes roll back in their head in, in an email, right? So I think you need to communicate with people in the way that that you that your customer base likes to be communicated with and I think email marketing for most small businesses is a really critical tool because when we're talking about the sales funnel right so we're trying to get people down the sales funnel and then engaging with us on a regular mm -hmm. basis well when we can communicate them for, with them for free via email now we got them very close to the sale so right. with your for your clients are using constant contacts and then you can see how many clicks how many people clicked on your communication yeah, there's, a, there's a number of different vendors constant, constant contact is the, is the big player there um, you know for for most businesses I think you're trying to what we do to build what we call an acquisition advertising campaign which is the bottom part of that sales funnel once I've kind of found who my potential customer is I need to try to contact them get them to engage with me on some platform Facebook is a big one and then maybe capture their email address so that I can start communicating with them directly right and then mm -hmm. move towards a sale okay okay so like for your audience mm -hmm. what kind of communications do what do you even put in this this email communication for my business personally, you know, my universe of customers is other, is other advertising people or candidates or political consultants. So we talk about, you know, trends that we see in um, media consumption, how people are behaving differently in pandemic and how is that going to affect uh uh, how they view your candidates, your candidate clients, right? So, um, so we engage on Facebook. We try. We use Facebook and Instagram to get them to follow to sign up for our, you know, for our email for our email campaign, um, and engage that way. And really, for my business, because I'm a I am a niche business to some extent. Um, I'm more like the food truck as opposed to the Walmart, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. are. Uh, we, those are the tools that we use to communicate. And then the other part of our marketing campaign uh, really is a much more traditional sales process. But I, that sounds a lot like property management. So yeah. you would send, if but, you're going to do uh, email communication, you're going to send things that show potential uh, people that own property, rental properties. You're going to show them that you're uh, on top of fair housing or yes. American Disabilities Act. So you're going to give them industry news that shows that you're the expert 
right? Is that kind of which what is you're super thinking? important because you can go to jail or you can lose your livelihood by not abiding by some of those federal laws, and that is um, a reality that the investment community has to live with. So, so we would communicate that via fear, right? We <laughs> scare the like that's like politics, right? Scare people into believing that they're going to die or that the bad guy is going to win, and uh, get them to the booth. Yeah. I mean, if that's your, yeah. if that's who you are, Jeremy. It's not who I am. Um, if that's I'll, what you want your marketing campaign. I thought we were going to talk about politics. <laughs> this was all about. Well, it's not about politics. politics. Yeah, right. I don't think it's politics, but I mean, fear it's is a way. We're talking, but let's go. But let's. It's go the creative more. process. The creative, pro- yeah, it is a creative process, you know. And and I think humans to go really fifty thousand square feet, we learn through storyline. Okay, that's like, right. Right. So, if you and, and it goes all the way back through human history, like uh, Jesus didn't stand up on on the hills over Galilee. The Sermon on the Mount is not statistics about Caesar's tax policy. It's stories about how to live your life better and be happier. Right. Anecdotes, and we are built that way. We 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 communicate. We teach our kids through stories. We share our faith. Uh, we you know we entertain each other all through storyline. Right. And so your ad campaign has to really no matter what it is has to have some it will be better if it has some element of storyline do this or you will go to jail right if you don't comply with the fair housing act you will go to jail you good guy government bad guy me guy to help you thus <laughs> right. by the part. Right. right with the cape okay so there's a good guy there's a bad guy there's you know david mammoth the great playwright uh said that a great play is only three things it's one person trying to do one thing and one other thing getting in the way and that's the way we learn right so we are here on Bootstrappers with Ryan Horn, who is the founder and CEO of Bullhorn Communications. He is a political consultant for politicians all over the United States. And we're talking to him about how to market better as small businesses to our audiences. And uh, So I want to kind of stick to the creativity thing. And I don't know why I wonder this question, but what's more important um, to actually being able to complete a deal? The creative part? Or how did I word it? The the precision of the presentation. So, for instance, if you yeah. have a spinning logo that's not, you know, def, the definition is low, how much of a barrier is that? Or do you have to have bring them in uh, at exactly the same? Let me. We'll do a thought experiment. Great for that. Love okay. Those. Let's let's imagine let's imagine a large let's imagine a large corporate brand, right? Um, let's say that they sell car insurance. Right. And we're designing an ad campaign, a television ad campaign for them. What is more likely to work? A brilliant TV ad that makes people laugh and engages and they remember the brand and it's very poorly targeted or a boring ad that everyone forgets, but it goes exactly to the people that are in the car insurance market. The first one's better. The first one's better. Right. So creativity, the, the creative is the key. And to, to say that in a simpler way, say something that is relevant and memorable to your potential customer first, because no amount of media strategy will save you if what you're saying to your potential customer is bad or wrong or worst case, just not relevant to their lives. So that storyline, I mean, every small business should really know, uh, they always say, like, your founder's story or some kind of emotional 
content or a story about how they really solved a problem for another it, client just down, like them. Get it down to one sentence. One okay. sentence. So take my business, for instance. You know, we are we, we do commercial and political advertising. We're primarily political advertising. So our political business, uh, if you go to our website, it says, Americans hate political ads, so we don't make them. Hmm. That's who we are. Uh. You hate political ads, so we don't make those ads that you hate. We present you as a as a candidate, as a fully formed, three-dimensional, real person, and we're going to define your opponent, too, with good technique. And it all comes down to all your friends, all your neighbors, everybody talk to you. You hate political ads. You hate those dark, ugly things. So we don't make them. That's it in one sentence. So figure out what your place in the market is and define it and get that storyline down to, to one sentence. So say I'm a small business and I want to do all this first part myself because I'm not going to pay somebody to help me with it. And then, so I have to, is there a worksheet or a book or something where I define my ideal client, I learn who I am and I create this one sentence tagline that defines me. Is there something on the internet or something I can find where I can do a a do it yourselfer? Maybe. Uh, oh, there's probably there's probably too many to mention. Yeah. Um, honestly, um, I, I think it. But but I you know it, it reminds me of what Steve Harvey said when he when he taught a comedy class. He walked into the class and he said, "If you were in this class, you will never be funny." If you were in this class. If you if you signed up for the class on how to be funny, <laughs> you will never be funny. <laughs> All right, and and he tells this great story about how this African American lady sitting right in the front row just closed her pen, folded up her book, walked out of the class, said, "Thank you for saving me time." Okay, it's the same kind of thing. There's a million sort of like books out there on how on how you can do this better. Really, what you need to do is just think about your business. If your business, if you're starting a business, think about the market you're going into. What's wrong with it? Okay, what, what so is identify the what people identify hate Identify the market. problem that you're trying to fix, okay? So if you take my personal example, when I launched Bullhorn two years ago, I looked at the world of political advertising and I said, people hate these ads. They don't like them. They're not working, particularly for our side. But you had to know why. And I knew why. And I have a theory as to why, right? And I have you know, a portfolio of work that I'd done previously that addresses that. And as a result, in 2018, we won 60% of our races when nationally Republicans lost 60% of their races, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the why, you have the proof, right? And you make the case. You had the ROI, the return on investment. So so maybe in property management, the property management companies need to know their ROI. All right. So... So after all this, I'm listening about marketing and I'm, I'm trying to couple it with my experience. Mm-hmm. You know, after years of being in business now, if there's one thing I've taken away from it, it's that there's, there is a best way to do something. So when somebody's sure. looking to see whether or not they should hire somebody, and, and this is gonna start to sound a little bit like an ad for your company, and, and I don't mean it to be that way. I just mm-hmm. actually think that it's a bad idea to not uh, to go at it alone, like it, like when I, you first started, right. learn the rules. So now I look back and I try to figure. I remember when I was trying to learn the rules of marketing, and I also remember wholly failing in that yeah. endeavor. And it seems like things would get off to a, a better, faster start had I uh, gone ahead and just spent a little bit of money on the front end. Sure, uh, I think that is I there think a room that, for yes. the other and, side of that. Uh, 
Uh, no, I think I think you're right. I mean, for some reason, and and when small businesses start out and they're thinking about marketing and advertising, you know, they they look at. Um, they look at the legal, you know, legal filing, you know, filing, having a lawyer, you wouldn't try to be your own lawyer, right? For most small businesses, filing their taxes is very complicated. Most don't, most have an accountant, a tax accountant. But for some reason we think, oh, I can do my own advertising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a result, we make a crappy website. We overpay for it. We do a Facebook campaign, but we don't know who we're targeting. So that money's kind of down a hole. We're not tracking metrics. Well, the difference is, and it's, the when it comes to uh, doing taxes, it's a very it's not a real creative process. Right. I mean, you can actually learn how to do mm. it. With marketing and advertising, you can't. You have to be in it and getting better at it and be creative. All That's the time. a great point. And when we come back, we will talk more with Ryan Horn of Bullhorn Communications about marketing when you're a small business. Do you suffer from cold sweats, pervasive eye rolling, spontaneous cursing? or sleepless nights from managing your rental properties? Have your weekends seem to simply vanish? You may be suffering from rentatitis. Other symptoms of rentatitis include incessant worry about losing your livelihood due to disparate impact or fair housing. If you suffer from these or countless other symptoms related to your rental properties, Wistar Group can help. Wistar Group's trained professionals, use of cutting edge technology, and knowledge of the industry can make your rental properties a passive investment, not a job. If rentatitis is ruining your life, visit wistargroup.com today and set up a free consultation. With Wistar Group, all your rentatitis symptoms can simply disappear. Bootstrappers, I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, president of Anaquim, with my spouse, Jeremy Aspen, president of Wistar Group. And today we're with our guest, Ryan Horn, who is the founder and president of Bullhorn Communications. And we are discussing all things advertising and marketing. And Jeremy, what this discussion has led me to believe is that we really suck at this. <laughs> yeah, and if any, if property managers are out there and they are anything like us, um, I hope you can admit sooner than we did that you kind of suck at it because it's hard to be creative. It's hard to know where to go. Um, And I'm just thinking back to our process when we were getting the Wistar. That's a loose interpretation of the word process. Yeah, I guess. Wistar Group, uh, I went to top 100 websites uh, of 20, whatever, whenever I did it. So it was 2015, I think I I made our Wistar Group website. And then I just basically copied a different website and then put a different picture on it with the same colors and said, voila, we have a website. And I don't think we've done anything to that website since. Actually, yeah. I like that one. It's got I a pretty know, girl on like the front. It, well, um, like, look, look, I work in advertising, so I'm not going to criticize anyone for stealing anything. Right. I mean, it's, uh, well, we, we sort of, we, borrow and repeat, right? we call Is that, that inspiration <laughs> in the advertising industry. <laughs> Is there an app? Okay. And, and, that and statement property. does not mean I would ever violate copyright law, however. No, I and I did it. I, did it. Yeah, there we I go. paid for my picture and I changed Very it good. a little bit, but generally speaking, I... It I didn't look- qualify technically as theft, no. uh, but you were inspired <laughs> by other people. I was incredibly yeah. inspired um, by another website. And I just don't think that that's very unusual or people in our... It's it's a little bit of an example of I need to have a thing as opposed to a plan. Exactly. Oh, okay. I need to have a thing, a website. No, you need to have a, you need to have a marketing plan. And and it, for most and for most businesses today, obviously a website will be will be part of your marketing plan. But you need to have a plan. It needs to be more than just a box that you check. Website what done. About a branding check. document. So the plan would be 
Uh, I know my, I'm identifying my customer, my ideal customer. I'm identifying who I am, what my values are, what I want to promote in the world, then deduce it to one sentence. And then, then I have to identify how I find the people. Yeah, and I, I would I would say all of that falls under build a marketing plan, right? So <laughs> tell us more about the plan. Like, yeah. What else so well, and can I can I put a, a a bookend on this too? Because where I kind of want to find out is if there are averages in different industries. Like in our industry, I believe, and if I'm too far off, then I'll put it in the credits at the in the podcast. But I think it's about three hundred and fifty dollars on average spent on marketing to acquire a new client. Yeah, and and that that varies widely oh, by that. industry, okay. right? And it, it kind of gets down to are you a tuna boat captain or a shrimp boat captain, right? So I'm a tuna boat captain. My clients tend to be large, right? And so you can invest quite a lot of money, um, you know, to 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 pull in a tuna. A tuna. If I'm a shrimp boat captain and I have to harvest a you know thousands and thousands of shrimp to turn a profit, then my 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 cost per sale has to be pretty low. How much is it in? Uh in politics, uh, not that we're talking politics, we're but talking how much politics. do you have to spend to get a vote? Uh, is there any average in your industry? Well, it it varies so widely because you have so many industry. people in politics that will that will just run bad campaigns and spend crazy amounts of money. Oh. You know, um, and, and, and those so, are the clients you want. <laughs> well, they tend to lose, so no. Uh, you know, they're they're not my ideal clients. You right. know, my ideal political clients are people who look at their community, realize there's something wrong, have an idea of how to fix it, and realize in their heart that they are the best person to do it. And then your job is to visually represent that. V- visually, audially, audio audibly uh, get it in front of people's eyeballs and ears and get that message out right so this has been so illuminating thank you so much ryan ryan horn of Bullhorn communication so if people want to reach out to you to see how you can help their businesses they can go to my very fresh and updated website (laughs) (laughs) bullhorncoms.com okay wonderful c-o-m-m-s C-O-M-M-S, bullhorncoms.com. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for being here. Bootstrappers is an Anaquim LLC production. Anaquim helps property managers with all their office labor needs with high-quality remote labor from Mexico. Visit anaquim.net today to see how we can make your property management company more profitable. I'm Gwen Aspen, your host, president of Anaquim, and I'm here with my husband, oh, spouse, Jeremy Aspen, who's the president of Wistar Group. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Bootstrappers. Bootstrappers is an Anaquim LLC production. Anaquim helps property managers with all their office labor needs with high quality remote labor from Mexico. Visit www.aneqim.net today to see how we can make your property management company more profitable. This has been Bootstrappers a unique presentation designed to help you better understand what makes the world turn. Contact Gwen or Jeremy Aspen at hosts at bootstrapper.club. Join us next time on News Talk 1290 KOIL at our website or download the podcast.